Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. Sabrina, I gotta confess something to you. I've never been to Miami. <gasps> I know, right? Oof, breaking my heart here. <laughs> so I want you to give me a virtual tour. Oof, okay. Um, first off, what, what are we listening to on this tour? What's the Miami music for us? We are listening to Pitbull. We're listening to Pitbull. Oh, my God. (laughs) You can only listen to him in Miami. I would never listen to him outside of Miami. You know, Miami, if if we're really getting down to it, you know, it's such a rich Latino community, such a rich Latino area. You can go to Little Havana and have great Cuban food yum. and amazing Colombian food, Venezuelan food, Argentine food. Oh, my God. Uh, you can go to, like, the financial district area, Brickle, that also has amazing, I mean, like, high rises and great restaurants now, too. So, I mean, we kind of go a little bit of everywhere. You can go to Little Haiti, get awesome food as well. I mean, clearly I'm talking a lot about food because there's so much of it. <laughs> I know. I was, I was going to say, I'm feeling a little full from, from this virtual tour. <laughs> There's so much of it in Miami. I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch. And today, food is not the only thing in Miami. They've also got Pitbull and a mayor. I think he's well aware of his position in all of this and the fact that he wants to usher in a different kind of of Republican Party. Sabrina Rodriguez on a conversation she had with Miami Mayor Francis Suarez on Florida politics, 2024, and the future of the Republican Party. Hey, how are you, Sabrina? Good, how are you, Mayor? I can't hear you for some reason. I don't know if it's on my end. Is it on my end? Okay. So, you know, Francis Suarez is the mayor of Miami. All right. I can hear you now. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat. Welcome. And he is a Cuban Republican, which is pretty normal and and kind of the the general stereotype or headline when we think of of Cubans as voters. Uh But he, I mean, has kind of come up as this bipartisan mayor to some extent. I consider myself... You know, a product of the 80s. I saw a person in Ronald Reagan, the president, who believed in a lot of in American exceptionalism. Like he's not interested in all the divisive politics and he doesn't want to talk about that. That's not his focus. Like he's very interested in, okay, low taxes. How do we attract business? You know, how do we keep our communities safe or, you know, how do we combat climate change, which is such a reality in South Florida. We need to solve immigration as a, as an economic issue. We need to look at the environment as a national security issue and not just look at it as a, you know, causation issue. Um, and there's no reason why Republicans should cede ground on those two incredibly important issues. But, you know, he's gone to the White House, for example, this year to meet with President Joe Biden to talk about the American Rescue Plan and talk about, you know, the, the COVID relief package. So, We've seen moments like that, as well as him disagreeing with the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis. And the big one is he didn't vote for Trump. You did not vote for former President Donald Trump in the November election. But we did see across South Florida how more Hispanics and specifically Cubans voted for him in 2020 than in 2016. Why do you think we saw that increase in support for Trump? And why were you one of the Miami Hispanics that didn't? 
I think he did a great job, frankly, in um, connecting with voters. Uh, I, I think what he did was he connected with voters on an issue that is very passionate with voters, which is the issue, which I agree with, by the way, on this particular issue, which is the issue of, of communism and socialism being an incredibly big problem in, in, in not just in other countries, but but in uh, in the U.S. You know, he understands a lot of the reasons why Cubans, for example, and Latinos voted for Trump. And he agrees with some of those issues. I mean, in terms of Trump's messaging around socialism and around, you know, fighting communism and socialism and talk about Venezuela and Cuba, he agrees with a lot of those things. So in that sense, he does represent that part of the party and does understand that part of the party. Mm-hmm. It's more so when we get into the whole question about the rhetoric and the device of politics that he kind of differs. But from my conversation with him and just seeing how he navigates the space, he's not trying to, to get into too many fights publicly. Yeah, he sounds like a complicated guy representing a complicated city in a complicated state. Where does he see the future of the Republican Party going, given that he's old school, but he's facing a pretty new school, different party nationally right now. Where does he see the future? Suarez is really trying to to map out what the future of the party looks like, but he's being cautious about saying, you know, definitively, okay, this is what it is or that is what it is. Is Governor DeSantis the future of the Republican Party? You know, I, I don't know. He may be, he may not be. He's very cautious about saying okay, Ron DeSantis is the future. I mean, he made sure to be like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I think he's well aware of his position in all of this and the fact that he wants to usher in a different kind of of Republican Party, that he Hmm. wants to to keep the old school going. So to kind of see that alive and well was interesting. And especially after just hearing so many Miami Cuban Republicans that voted for Trump and adore Trump, but to hear someone say, you know, I— didn't because I didn't like, you know, his characteristics. To me, a politician has to be, you know, I don't want to say perfect, but they have to be someone that is, is that has, you know, that is civil, that treats people with respect, that inspires people, um, that, that has those sets of characteristics. I think it was just interesting to see how he fits in this space that, you know, not all Cuban Republicans are the same. Not everyone that's in the Republican Party is a fan of Trump or is a fan of Ron DeSantis. Um, but look, you know, I think the governor is has played his, his you know, has, has been smart. He has, you know, sort of ridden this wave in much the same way that I have, you know what I mean, in my city, because the formula that he's implemented and that I've implemented by and large has been a successful formula, which is to keep taxes as low as possible, you know, keep the, the you know, the city and the state relatively open by comparison with other cities and make it pro-business. And I think that is something that, irrespective of some of these other issues that happen to be very divisive. Um, you know, it's something that is is very welcoming. I can tell you that every single day, every single, you know, a lot of the meetings that I have, that continues to, to, to be echoed to me uh, constantly. I want to talk about 2024. We reported, Politico did, in the Playbook newsletter recently that Suarez met with Nikki Haley, who is standing out as a pretty clear contender for the GOP nomination next time around, Suarez being a potential running mate for her. What did he have to say about his potential role in national, potentially presidential, vice presidential politics? He doesn't write it off at all. Would you say yes to being Haley's running mate? Well, um, you know, it is 2021 
And I do have a reelection and that is important. And, and the, you know, the residents of the city are, first of all, my number one priority. I've been, you know, it's 2021. He admits that, you know, he has a reelection ahead and it's too soon to know. But it's not at all a thing of, oh, I would never want that job or I wouldn't accept that job. Between now and then, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, it, it, it politics and I've been around it since I was two years old. The one constant in politics is change. And things that are happening today are not happening tomorrow. So it's very premature for me to speculate as to what I'm going to be doing in 2022, 2023. Okay. But you're not saying never. I would never say never to any any sort of uh, possible scenario in the future. Who knows what can happen? I mean, why say never? So I think that it's very possible. Uh, I think obviously we have to see where the party goes in the next couple of years. And, and you know, first of all, we need to know if Nikki Haley is going to run for president. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't write off Suarez um, jumping into national politics. As a Floridian, as someone who, who has the opportunity to listen to Pitbull whenever they want, um, <laughs> and, and as a reporter, what's your big takeaway from your interview with Suarez? Like, what does it make you think about American politics and Florida and Miami's role in it? That is such a good question. I mean, I think, you know, we always see the outsized importance of Miami and we see the outsized importance of Florida on the national level on election night and in the weeks leading up to election night. And we talk about what a big battleground state Florida is and we talk about Cubans and we talk about... Miami and and I'm so accustomed to that. So it's to see that we're not just stereotypes, to see that it's not just every person is the same in Miami or every politician is the same in Florida, but to show that there are different parts of the Republican Party, there are differences in views among Cubans. Like sometimes I wish in the debate around politics there was more nuance. And to kind of hear from a conversation with Francis Suarez, him talk about that and him saying, you know, we need to think more like mayors in politics. It's no longer a situation where you're just saying, I don't agree with you. It's a situation where you're saying, I don't agree and I don't like you. If you just, you know, take the problem on head on, try to solve it. And if people are like minded in that sense and and can park their ideologies uh, at the door for a bit just to get the problem solved on the issue, I think uh, Americans would be much better served and they'd be a lot happier with their elected officials. I wish that actually would come up to Washington and have people hear that and say, oh, wow, let's actually get something done. Let's actually work on things. So it was it was interesting to just hear kind of his vision as a Cuban Republican, knowing that he doesn't represent every single person and every single person doesn't represent him. Sabrina Rodriguez, thanks so much for talking with me. Thanks for having me on. Also today, President Biden will give his first joint address to Congress tonight, but there will not be a designated survivor. Usually, presidents designate a top official to camp out in a secure location in the case of a disaster that kills the president and cabinet officials. But this time, amid the coronavirus pandemic, things are different. With attendance for Biden's speech limited to 200 lawmakers, Biden administration officials, and staff. And on Tuesday, Press Secretary Jen Psaki said, quote, There does not need to be a designated survivor because the cabinet will be watching from their offices or home. And... 
The stun gun-toting Capitol rioter, who famously posed for a photo with his feet on a desk in Speaker Nancy Pelosi's office, is being released from a Washington, D.C. jail after nearly four months in government custody. Richard Barnett, who was one of the first arrests made in the aftermath of the January insurrection, had been held since January. Prosecutors say he confronted police while inside the building, egged on the crowd with a bullhorn, and celebrated the breach afterward, including in media interviews. But on Tuesday, a federal judge ruled that he'll be released, saying he does not present the kind of danger to society that warrants pretrial detention. Subscribe to Politico Dispatch wherever you get your podcasts, and while you're there, check out some of our other shows like Politico Energy and our new weekly politics show, Playbook Deep Dive. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening.